the day and I'll go to school tomorrow. First impressions are incredibly important. Honey, you can make a wonderful first impression. Brenda, how could you? He was a jerk, okay? I've made my choice and I choose me. Beverly Hills Nato 210 aficionados, welcome to Nato 210 So, Beverly Hills Nato 210 podcast retrospective series. I am JT, and joining me as always is my good friend, Mr. Tim. Tim, how are you? JT, I think that I may have been exposed to some bacteria in the bay while I was out surfing early one crisp California morning, but I'm paying for it now. Nevertheless, I'm here. I'm going to power through. Um, I'll get through it with you and with our returning guest, who will help carry me through this. Who have we got with us, JT? Yeah, as I say, it sounds like you drank the whole infected bay uh, full of bacteria <laughs> with uh, with how you feel. But I'm, I, I thank you for powering through here tonight, buddy, because this is a big episode. Uh, it is. And insanely enough, we only got two to go in season two. We are we are just weeks out from season three, which is a wild part of this journey. Absolutely. I mean, this is this. We've got really a one-two punch. This and our our season finale coming up, which uh, man, um, I kind of wanted to keep going after watching this. It almost feels like a two-parter, uh, you know. And I kind of wondered if the these had actually if the two episodes had aired back to back on the same night. Doesn't look like that was the case, but um, it, it sure feels like they they could have done that and made it a, a huge event. So um, I I had a hard time just stopping after this one. Yeah, no, me too. It's a great tease for the finale, for sure. They're building that up, you know, obviously at the end here. Um, but as we know, it's not a long break, right? Like, so we'll talk about it for our next episode. But mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. they really just take a couple months off before they get right back at it for season three. Uh, all right, so it's going to bring in our guest. Like you mentioned, he's been here multiple times before. He is a big fan of Beverly Hills now, to know one of our favorites to have on. And that is Mr. Drew Wardlaw. Drew, how are you? I'm doing good, guys. Thanks for having me back. Um, this is a this is kind of one that uh, I've I've been eyeing, waiting for you guys to get to. So I, I'm happy that I get to be on it. And this you is your guys. fourth appearance. You know, we track to see who's going to get those Ooh. that five five spot. So you're close. And your next one, you'll hit it. So all right, like for a fourth yeah. time. Yeah, my, I was trying to figure out if it was three or four, but it it is four, huh? Yes. Yep. Number four. So you did. You were one of our first guests. You were in the fourth episode, I think. So. Oh yeah. You've been with us pretty much since the start. We appreciate it, and uh, excited to have you here. And we're going to go ahead and move on to the episode. It is season two, episode twenty-seven, number forty-nine, overall of the series. Aired on April thirtieth, nineteen ninety-two. Entitled "The Mexican Standoff." Fifteen point eight rating. So a pretty precipitous drop. Uh, and it's only been a week since the last episode, so the uh, rainy day, uh, Tim, which is a pretty big episode uh, that we covered Wait, last time, yeah. uh, oh. a pretty big drop a week later. So uh, we do bounce up quite a bit for the finale, which we'll talk about. But I'm surprised that there wasn't as much uh, interest in the follow up to the big Jackie Taylor story. Well, yeah. And like, were people not feeling color me bad? I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, maybe just a nice bad way. night. It's an off night, you know. Maybe. Yeah, these things do happen, as we've talked about. I yeah, I, I can't. 
I can't explain this one. You'd think that'd be a, a pretty hot streak uh, of really three episodes to close the season out. But, mm-hmm. you know, this is down for whatever reason. Now, what what did, do you guys know? So I'm trying to think back because they were kind of they were kind of in a little bit of a holding pattern there where, where there were a few kind of let they had like the Jackie wedding and baby subplot mm-hmm. going along like that little storyline. But they, you know, I wonder if it was kind of like a little bit of a cool down period and then they're just going to ramp up real heavy. So like they finished the, what the Emily Valentine. Yeah. Thing. It's been that a long, crazy. it's been a long mm-hmm. ramp down. Like I, it was a lot longer than I expected it to be honestly after yeah. Emily, um, because Emily was episode 16 and I didn't oh, feel was like it, really was it that was it that. Oh gosh. See, I'm, yeah. I'm yeah. kind of, my yeah. timelines off then I was thinking it was in the twenties. Like maybe no, it was around because it was around Thanksgiving. Cause then two later was Christmas. Um, and really since then, other than last week, and I guess maybe Jackie being pregnant, like really not much of anything has developed and we've been teasing it. I've been waiting for the drama with what we're going to hear tonight. And I didn't realize it starts this late in the season. Me neither. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. That's what's crazy to me. Yeah. It is funny how, (laughs) just how your memory works. Like, uh, Mm -hmm. yeah, I, I was thinking, I, I, my, my timeline's all often because I, I was thinking it was like 2021. 20, that's when the Emily Valentine stuff ended. And then maybe 25, 24, 25 right. was when this episode happened, but not the case. Yeah. So I think, you know, um, maybe our memories are a little warped because of how quickly season three comes on the heels of season two. So it almost feels continuous in many ways. Like it doesn't, right. these yeah. early years don't feel like, you know, line in the sand seasons because they're really just taking six weeks off and they're right back at it. So mm-hmm. um, nowadays, that's just like a normal little break <laughs> during the season. Um, so, I mean, I, I feel like one through whatever it is, when do they stop doing the summer after three? Do they do one for four? Uh, yeah, they do one for four. Uh, yeah, right before. No, no, college. four starts Four starts in September. Uh, okay. So this is, I think, I feel like one through the end of three feels almost like one long ass continuous uh, se- uh, season in many ways. In a lot of ways it, it does. And it's hard to believe. I mean, this is the same season that Scott died. Doesn't that feel yeah, like it's ages yeah. ago? It's just, he was in this season. I mean, and it wasn't like that early in the season when he died either. It was sort of, sort of at the midpoint. Uh, but that's, I, I think that's just the effect the cumulative effect that this show has when these seasons have so many episodes individually, it just starts to feel like one season is really like two or three worth of, you know, like a show today. Um, the way they, they burn through plots. I mean, all the Emily Valentine stuff that just feels like it was a season ago. Right. Mm-hmm. Not, not this. Well, it feels like a different on. show in many ways. You know what well, I mean? Like, yes, yeah, that too. That's that's kind of the big takeaway. That's what I was remembering about this episode, and that was like a big talking point that I wanted to bring up. Is it really feels like this? This is the true transition from the kind of uh, after-school special um, problem of the week to mm-hmm. this ongoing epic, uh, much more in line with uh, soap opera style storytelling. That it just feels like 
we're in a whole different show kind of starting from, I mean, I guess like the, I, the Emily Valentine, that storyline, some, some of the other things have kind of been building to this and this feels like the real shift. And so just watching this episode, it's like, well, when I mean, you think of where we're at too, we're not, I mean, we're like four episodes from Paris, you know, like, like that's oh, right. it's such a weird <laughs> middle ground yeah. here. Um, and we know what happens when, when they're in Paris. Right. So like we are, we are close to that, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's just nuts. Like where we're at in the season we're in this series right now. So, all right, let's dive in. Mexican standoff. We open with Brendan Dillon. They're making out uh, books are open on the desk. Brenda stops. She says she has to get home. Uh, Dylan says, forget your curfew, and then says, what about Baja this weekend? Come with me. I'm going surfing. And Brenda says, Jim and Cindy would never say yes to us going to Mexico alone. Dylan says they let her go to his house alone all the time, but she says, yeah, I'm home every night. Dylan says, maybe we can just go for 36 hours. Basically, leave Saturday morning, get home Sunday night. Brenda sticks around. She's going to make out some more. All of a sudden, not too worried about that curfew. Brenda then gets home. She tries to sneak in, but Jim's waiting in the kitchen. He is not happy about this late return. Brenda tries to work her way out of it. She wants to ditch curfew. Jim says he thought things were under control, but she's been spending way too much time lately with Dylan. She's in high school and needs to be home at reasonable hours. Brenda says she's 17, and Jim says pay attention to the curfew. That's all he asks of her, and Brenda finally complies and heads off. We have the Don and Kelly at West Bev. They're looking at magazines in the hallway, talking about Jackie's wedding, looking at dresses. David shows that he got a pair of diamond earrings for Mel and Jackie to split. They're each going to have one, apparently. Uh, but Kelly says she's done hearing about the wedding for now and walks away. Donna thinks maybe she's jealous. Dylan asks Brenda if Baja's a go. She says she didn't ask. Dylan puts the press on for her to do it. Kelly comes over and asks Brenda to do a movie night, but she can't because she can't stand the wedding talk anymore. Kelly's shocked that Jim and Cindy are letting Brenda go to Baja because Dylan, uh, you know, Brenda says I'm busy. And Dylan says she didn't ask yet. And Kelly says, all right, well, I guess video night's on because we know they're going to say no. Kelly, uh, very much on the struggle bus here, for sure. Uh, Dylan and Brenda are at Casa Walsh. Brandon asks why they're whispering. Cindy talks about Kelly struggling with the wedding. Brenda says she's going to be okay. Cindy brings up the weekend, and Brenda says she made other plans with Dylan. And Jim says, you made a commitment to Kelly. And, of course, he's trying to point out here that she's blowing off a lot of stuff for Dylan lately. And Dylan says, yeah, I'm going surfing in Baja, and I invited Brenda, and everyone is shook. And they're like, what? Brandon pop- pipes up. Brenda shoots him down, tells him to shut up. Jim says the answer is no. This isn't like going to Yosemite with the gang. This is a foreign country alone with her boyfriend. Cindy pulls Jim aside and says they shouldn't worry. They're 17. Jim is worried about where they're going to stay. And Cindy says, you sound just like my father. He says, I always liked your father. Uh, We go back to dinner. Cindy's asking Dylan questions about the logistics. Jim doesn't like the idea of staying in a motel. Dylan promises he'll take good care of Brenda. Cindy nudges Jim. Jim says he's going to call Dr. Pollock and see if she needs shots before we go to Mexico. But Dylan says, we're just like, we're staying in California, basically. It's just to the south. Brandon is in shock that they're going to let this happen. And Jim says, if you're treated like an adult, you must behave like an adult. And Dylan says, thank you, sir. And uh, they, he'll teach Brenda how to surf. So, Tim, a lot going on here in the early days, or early moments, I should say, of this episode. Um, how did you kind of take all this in? And were you shocked that Big Jim caved? <sighs> Yeah, I really was. I I thought Brenda was delusional for even considering bringing this this idea up to her parents. I mean, an overnight stay with her boyfriend. She's a minor in a foreign country. I mean, I know it's California. We're talking Baja. It's a you know, day trip, whatever. But still. Um, but then I kind of 
I had one of those moments, which I have from time to time when watching this show. And it's not just like the the cultural references that strike us. You know, it's it's also kind of socially we were maybe in a different place. <laughs> we were definitely in a different place back then. And it's like a 17-year-old in 1992 is like kind of a an adult, right? Yeah. Like oh, yeah. They're pretty, pretty, pretty much grown. As opposed to today, it's like I think of a seven-year-old, a seventeen-year-old as being like seven. I mean, like it just there's a there's just such such a difference between now and and then in terms of. What and it was, was less connection then, you know, like yeah. I mean, if anything, you'd think now it would we would be cooler with it, but it's like. Uh, um so yeah, there, there's just a a difference in terms of I don't know where where people were at in their maturity at different ages, and you know just um, the times, and just I, I guess I had to kind of remind myself that that things were different back then, and it's it's even funny to see Cindy kind of playing good cop, where she sort of considering this idea she's she's actually entertaining the notion maybe you know brenda is mature enough to we should trust her it's you know it's not like we do ask that much of her as she put to her father earlier and uh jim has actually talked into it um i did love brandon's reaction where he's just like wait a minute you're actually gonna let her do this um so he's he's pretty uh He's pretty put out over this whole thing, but as we see, he's going to get roped into it to a certain extent, but we'll get to that. Uh, on the other hand, we've got Kelly feeling some kind of way about mom's wedding coming up, so it seemed like she'd kind of made her peace with the with the Jackie-Mel pairing and now imminent nuptials, you know, pregnancy as well. She'd been kind of taking it in stride. We'd, we'd gotten some hints of just general annoyance, but it seemed like that was more over logistics in previous episodes here. It just seems like there's something a little bit more deep seated going on. That's, that's really bothering her. So that's going to be kind of the thrust of Kelly's story for this episode gives her something to do, which is nice. I feel like this season's been a little bit lacking and, and really good, meaty developments for Kelly. It hasn't made the best use of her character, I feel like. I don't know. I, uh, a couple a couple things. Um, first of all, going back to the previous scene at the school, uh, imagine Mel Silver with one pierced ear and a diamond <laughs> earring. Um, nice. Showing up, you know, uh, doing a root canal on a patient with that uh, with that thing glimmering there. Um, I thought it was interesting. There's kind of a thread where you see Brenda's kind of recklessness, like she's abandoning, um, Kelly, you know, she had these plans with Kelly. Kelly's a friend. She's obviously hurting, but she's kind of ditching her to go off with Dylan. Mm -hmm. We'll see kind of how everyone else is roped into this whole thing. I mean, Kelly seems okay with it. I think she gets it. Like, I, I mean, who the like who the fuck would turn down a romantic getaway to Mexico to, to sure. watch a movie? So, so at least she, 
you know, as, as kind of pissy as she's been, I at least appreciated that she didn't like try and guilt Brenda into staying and passing up that chance. Mm, yeah. 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 That, that's true. Um, also something kind of going back to the change in tone of the show. Uh, if you notice, maybe I'm reading too much into this, but the, the music that is playing when Brenda comes home um, is like very lighthearted and silly kind of creeping around type music mm-hmm. when she's caught this first time. And that, that really drastically shifts throughout the episode. Um, and again, it's kind of a tonal shift thing that, that will, that will notice throughout the show that I don't know. Again, I don't know how intentional that was, but mm-hmm. yeah, I thought it was interesting. There were some very odd musical cues in this episode, I thought. Um, having, well, having watched the the episode in its original presentation, uh, some of the, I don't know, there's a character that's going to show up <laughs> um, in a little bit here who like kind of has its own little theme uh <laughs> and it's not the most fitting for for this character but not to get ahead of ourselves all right all right dylan and brenda go to the beach for her lesson but as we referenced earlier the bay is closed due to bacteria oh, so they can't shit. go in uh dylan's you know p- pissing and moaning about this uh as they start to leave a guy shows up on a motorcycle and dylan says that's my friend jake he taught me how to surf we find out that Jake had moved back from Eugene, Oregon, and couldn't track Dylan down. Dylan says, you know, why haven't you called? Brenda says she was supposed to have a lesson, but Jake tells them to move south where there's no people or garbage. Jake says he thought, taught Dylan how to surf, ride a bike, and pick up girls. Dylan invites Jake to meet them at the pit, and Jake seems excited that the peach pit's still cooking. We go to the peach pit. Dylan and Brenda are snuggling. Brandon grills her on speaking Spanish. She's still in shock about this plan. Dylan calls up Benedict Arnold. And Brandon says, maybe we should do a guy's trip instead. It'd be way more fun to Mexico. Ditch the chicks. Andrea is interested. She says, why don't we all go? Like Yosemite. We'll get her. Hotels are cheap. It'll be a lot of fun. Dylan immediately gives her the kibosh. She's like, no way. <laughs> and Brandon says, we're having a romantic trip. Maybe next time, Andrea. <laughs> Uh, we cut across the room. David, Donna, and Steve are eating. Steve says is wondering why he can't bring a guest to the wedding. Uh, but he says it's fine. He'll just pick up girls. Uh, and even Kelly will be there. Uh, but we find out from David, of course, Kelly's still not happy. Uh, David says he hasn't made up his mind yet if he's going to move in with Mel, Jackie, and Kelly uh, and the baby. Or is he going to kind of stay on his own or with his mom or whatever? Steve says, tell your dad to pack light. Seems like Kelly's mom likes weddings more than she does marriages. <laughs> <laughs> amazing line <laughs> angry angry like like uh spur and steve always has the best digs and this was a great yeah. one um mm-hmm. david and donna say jackie's changed david says he can't go through another divorce jake comes in and asks nat if he saved him a piece of pie uh nat's pumped <laughs> this is her nat line He's like i heard rumors you were back in town like, like, who's got the rumors i guess dylan told him i don't know what are the just there? <laughs> and then he jokes that he has a bill for him uh, Brendan and Dylan greet. They introduce him to the gang. Jake jokes about his work and his past. Basically says, oh, yeah, I'm a millionaire and all this other stuff. Uh, kind of stays coy about what he has plans for. Uh, David says, can you paint? And he says, yeah. So he says, can you help paint some stuff at Jackie's house for the wedding? Brenda says they have to get home to watch the Grapes of Wrath because they don't want to have to read it. And Dylan, <laughs> Dylan kind of poo-poos the idea, but he's, he knows that it's the only way she's going to watch it here. She's not going to read the book. So 
we go to Dylan's house, and as a fun fact, I read uh, for you, Tings. I know I've been tracking this. This is the last okay. scene uh, we see, or or the last episode that we see Dylan's old uh-huh. of house. the wrong house, right? Yes, of the, yes. Okay, very yeah, good. Yeah, we we see the new one. Uh, the next time we're at Dylan's house, it's the, it's the new house. This is it. Do they establish that it's a different house, or do they just pretend it's the same? I don't know. We'll see. I guess when we get there, but I just happened to read it when I was looking up some stuff. That that will be very funny to me because it's like it's one thing to use just like a different establishing shot of like you know to make it seem like a different set is the same place, but I mean, there's no way that that could possibly be the same house. But I will be very curious to see how they how they do it because I don't remember. Yeah, I don't either. If they say, he, yeah, he just bought a new house he with his money, liked it yeah. better, or mm-hmm. we'll find out. Um, Brenda and Dylan have on grapes a wrap, but of course they're making out. Dylan's trying to get her to pay attention, and naturally they pass out. They wake up. The national anthem is playing. It's four a.m. Yes. The network has gone off the air. Yeah. What a, what a great what a great detail. Yes. Do we I have to explain that. that to people? I guess, yeah, I guess we can. Probably. I, I was gonna. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I'll, I'll spoil it now. It's my most '90s moment for sure. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I mean, prior to digital cable and 24-hour networks um, that were starting to seep in, seep in throughout the '90s, uh, broadcast channels would shut down for the day. They they wouldn't air programming all all night long. Uh, so whatever it was, midnight, yeah. 1 a.m., 2 a.m., depending on the channel, um, they would do a final sign-off. They would play the national anthem with the American flag waving and then go dark uh, overnight. And I think it would come back on. Would they play national anthem again when they came back on at like 6 a.m. or whatever, 5 a.m.? I think they did. I'm no. not sure. That, I don't um, remember that. I know no, it, was usually, it would usually be uh, infomercials starting right. at 5. Um, yeah, they yeah. come back. When did it go off? One was midnight. The last airing. It it, it would de- it would depend. Uh, I know like that depended on the late night programming, right? If there was yeah. A, a, like well, they didn't have like the late 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 or... show at that point, right? No, like... no. They might have yeah. had the Tonight Show and maybe a half hour after or something. Yeah. Well, so yeah. so in my in my town there was like Saturday night would be uh, uh, Saturday Night Live from what 11 to or 11 30 to one and then um one to two was a local show called fish masters that would kind of was like a comedy show that um was put on by the local network and then two o'clock was when uh nbc ended every night or or at least on saturday night well it's funny too because when i had um when I had a uh, TV in my room, like, I don't know, probably I was 10, 11, 12 when I got one, and maybe a little younger at that point, but it was just a little TV with, like, you know, either cable in or, or antenna, whatever it was, right? Like, I didn't have a cable box or a lot of channels. Um, I would always, I started watching QVC uh, to go to bed <laughs> because it was on all night. And so, away if I, you know, whatever, I was afraid of dark, whatever it was, right? I just kind of wanted it on all night. Um, yeah, but I knew... Yeah if I had on channel 10 or 12 or whatever uh, and the programming ended, it would just go right. off the air. And if I woke up and then it would be nothing and I'd have a hard time going back to bed. So I, I became just like a diehard QVC watcher for That's a couple awesome. of years uh, <laughs> just because it was 24 seven. So I always went to bed with QVC on. Um, yeah. The, the cable channels didn't, didn't always do it. Like the cable right. channels might've run like Drew said, like um, 
paid programming mm-hmm. instead of doing like a sign off. But your your network, you know, your your ABC, CBS, um, NBC, they would do. They would absolutely have the the sign off. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, and I have the cable. Done. I just have the cable hardwired in. So you only uh, got up to whatever yeah. the TV went up to, right? So mine, has, yeah, mine literally had, could, yeah, yeah, mine literally had the dial, right? It wasn't even like the mm-hmm. number, like it was the dial. Oh, yeah. So it only went up to like thirteen, you know. Sure, um, that's it. Yeah, yeah it's, it's for such a technolo- technologically adept generation. It's it's nuts, like that we could tell these stories of what we had. We just like, yeah. and be like, yeah, that's as many yeah. as you get, you know. Yeah, yeah. I was at I thirteen channels. That was all I had in my room was thirteen channels, and then I finally got a VCR, but it was a um. Like we had one in our living room, but I finally go in for my room. It like my mom got it from like a friend at a yard sale, and it was like a top load one from like the seventies. <laughs> oh, okay. so you couldn't and, you couldn't use it like a like a digital box really then. So. No, but it was a game changer because then I could just watch my wrestling tapes all night. You know, I could just put yeah, those on for the whole sure. night and um, instead of QVC or whatever. But uh, <laughs> anyway, we're way off topic. All right, so uh, Brenda Dillon woke up. Wake up 4 a.m. The curfew is destroyed. Uh, Brenda sneaks into Casa Walsh. Jim is awake. He is pissed. The rules have been broken. So she acts like a child, and because of it, we cannot trust you in Baja. If you mm. can't listen here, you're not going to listen there. And Jim drops the hammer. Baja is dead. You blew it. Is basically what oh. he tells her. He uh, does. Yeah. And, and you know, he was just he was just looking for a fucking reason to put the kibosh in this. Like he was dying for a chance to just end this farce. <laughs> um, and she gave it to him on a platter. Just a real bad fuck up. Like I get, Jeez. I get you fell asleep, but if you're them, you have to be hyper alert at this time. I would have had multiple alarms set. I would have been, I'm out of here at nine. Let's play it safe. We can't risk it. They flew yeah. way too close to the sun, Drew, on this one. Oh, way too close. Yeah, <laughs> truly an Icarus moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, yeah, I mean, I, Jim, I mean, what what can you do? It's like he he gave her this opportunity, and she she blew it, and he rightly just puts it all on her. Like, look, we gave you this opportunity. We told you act like an adult, and and she didn't. And I I, I couldn't believe it. Like, why are you not? Yeah, why why do you not have bo- multiple alarms set? You both fell asleep. Come on, Brenda. Bad move on her part. But right. yeah, Jim was Jim was. <laughs> you could almost see like a little glimmer in his eye that he was excited to do this and, and she had to know like going over to dylan's house mm-hmm. late at night she it's already like a let's say a, a vulnerable environment for her like yep. it's not the first time she's quote-unquote lost track of time um mm-hmm. intentionally or not so she really knew better this was this was very reckless on her <laughs> part when she just miraculously sold her parents on this whole Baja trip, which is was already astonishing in its own right, especially after her getting busted the night before for doing it again. Like, it's just, what are you doing? You're, you're well, really just self-sabotaging here. She is, but you know what I just realized is like, she's had, you know, her, her, her excuse was like, oh, I'll just tell him, you know, the night before was, I'll just tell him I fell asleep. It's fine. And right. she's kind of done this a lot in the past and there's been no consequences. So it's like, it's a little bit on, yeah. on right. big Jim. She kind of like, thinks it's, it's no big deal. She can keep getting away with it. Yeah. And she, so she's still, I mean, she, this was such a big should've. win. Yeah. Such a yeah. big win. She has yeah. to, has to bail out and has to know you like, okay, to, we have to yeah, sacrifice yeah. tonight for tomorrow. Or like, I mean, that's, it's right in front of them. It's, it's a big miss. It's a big mistake for her. Yeah. Um, 
with and there's no way around it yeah she really screwed up like jim was was just waiting for that moment (laughs) yeah And, and and can i tell you how surreal it is to see melrose place jake interacting with dylan and brenda and the gang at the peach pit like i just I know that Melrose Place was not maybe as big for people um, of like our generation, but there was a time when that was a huge show. Um, I mean, it, it definitely had its day. And this is going into the, like the, this, this is, we're, we're trying to launch Melrose Place off the back of 90210 here. Like that's this character, Jake, he's going to be on the show. He's going to be like, the leading man on that series uh, starting this summer, 1992 on Fox. And um, he's got this backstory with Dylan, which um, I'm not sure. Like, they never really establish how old Jake is here in this episode. It just seems like he's Dylan's slightly older friend, right, from out of town. And I want to say once... Bowers gets started it's it's established pretty early on that he's like early 20s i think he has his 25th birthday in the first season of that show i think that makes sense i mean because he can if dylan's 17 if he's like in his early 20s that's like a mentor age like if he was like the Mm. you know the cool high school kid when dylan was you know probably in elementary school or whatever and he hung around with him kind of thing like i think that I'd say that timeline works out and like the, he comes back to town um, older kid in the neighborhood, maybe or whatever group he was yeah, running around with, guess, you know? Yeah. It's so weird to me to feel like the two of them are like, buds and, and have the backstory. Um, but it's, I guess it's, it's good a ways as any to introduce this, uh, this character. Uh, it was pretty seamless up, though. But... Like, you know, we talked a lot about the, um, the ashes and all that where it feel very like hand fisted. But if you had not seen Melrose play, so you're a new viewer, right, no. like looking back at this, well, like, it, I didn't, started, so it took me a minute to even realize it, honestly, because I'm yeah. not a big yeah. guy. So like it didn't jump off the screen at me who it was. And it did not feel at all like a, a force. No, it's, it's not like a backdoor pilot. pilot by any sense. It's, it's just like a, a guest star kind of thing. Um, and, and having not seen, you know, the first, second of Melrose Place at this point, viewers, I'm sure, would have been like, okay, here's this new character or whatever. Um, but for me, it's just like that. In hindsight, having rewatched Melrose Place in pretty recent memory, it's just, it's wild to me. To see. And this is uh, Grant Show, who plays uh, Jake here. Grant, the whole fucking show, if you ask me. But, uh, <laughs> great, great actor, great character. Uh, now, so did you guys? I don't know. I I didn't think there was a lot of chemistry between him and and kind of anybody on the show. Did he seem kind of dry to you guys? It, it felt like I him thought him and Kelly. Did. I don't know. I thought him and Kelly later, which we'll get to. I thought I thought they had a little thing cooking. Okay. Um, he's to me. He's he's just very similar to a a character we'll see later. <laughs> uh, just in look and and presentation. Um. So I don't know, like, it just reminded me of that, I guess, a little bit. But yeah, I mean, I don't think he popped off the screen or anything, but I think he's meant to be playing like kind of just a cooler, relaxed, older dude. And But it seems like we've had a character like this with Kelly before, haven't we? Who's, was there another older guy she was kind of 
palling around with. I know there was the guy at the frat party, but yeah, that's what I'm well, thinking of. Yeah, that, that yeah. turned out badly. Um, I mean, there was the uh, oh, the the teacher. Has that is that well? Season three, and Andrea were were fighting over the teacher yeah. who looked like Elvis. Um, they all look like all of these guys. They all, all got. Look like they've all got the that's... T-shirt with the sleeves rolled up and like the yeah. semi pompadour hair. <laughs> it's like, that's that's like an the... Aaron Spelling thing. Yeah, okay, he, he likes that. He likes that look. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Kelly has had these little flirtations with like, and there was the uh, who was the oh god. Um, well, the character's name was Tim, but he he ended up being like a a semi uh, love interest for Brenda. If you have the, the, the or... jazzercise guy, yeah, the yes, the jazzercise, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, who Kelly kind of had the hots for at first. Uh, there was also the uh, remember, wow, back in the first season, the the skydiving instructor who, yep. Yep. again, oh. Kelly and Brenda were sort of fighting over. Well, it's it's interesting seeing her too getting starting to get antsier and antsier, because we know what's about to come in less than like five episodes. So um, uh, uh. they're doing a good job building her, getting to the le- to the point that she would to do that. You know what I mean? Like she's really struggled with men this entire series. She really so has, far, yeah. other than Steve. But she's also, she's also kind of struggling for any kind of connection. Like even you know Brenda's leaving this weekend. It's like she's just kind of she's really seeking companionship in some capacity, right? All right, let's go to Jackie's and won't house. Settle yeah, and, and won't settle for it easily either, which hmm. is no. going to come up. So, all right, we go to Jackie's house. The crew is going through invitation replies. Are freaking out how many people are coming. I thought they were going to say like three hundred guests. They said one hundred sixty-seven, which really isn't a lot. Um, it's not crazy. Not you know bad. that's. I mean, maybe then it was. Maybe it wasn't as big of. But I feel like weddings were bigger back then. Uh, like when you had yeah. to invite like everybody. I feel like that's kind of tapered a little bit as people have been like, ah. Eh. Um, but I don't know. One sixty-seven didn't sound awful. I really thought they were going to say like two fifty or something like that when the way they they were complaining. I mean, they're both supposed to be loaded. Like we're we're fretting over one hundred sixty-seven guests. I guess it's it's California, so stuff's expensive. But they're having it at the house, so I don't I don't know. <laughs> um, maybe that's what it's about. Space, maybe too, not enough space at the house for everyone. Uh, Mel frets about his retirement fund. Uh, Donna says her parents will go if the other goes, so they could take one of them off the list. The marriage is falling apart, so it's kind of the only little drop of, or hint we get in here from Donna about this. But it seems like we're still, you know, we're not back together yet with the the Martins after last episode. Uh, Jackie says maybe they'll work through it, and Kelly gets snarky about it. She storms off, and Mel says she'll come around. Don't worry. We go to the store where Brenda, Donna, and Kelly are shopping. Donna says Brenda could just lie and say she's sleeping at Kelly's and go to Baja anyway. Uh, Kelly thinks it's a risky plan. Uh, they start to work through the details and logistics. And Donna is in her scheming bag here, which is yeah. she's usually like the shocking. Yeah, she'll usually be the straight one while Kelly's the one that would push the envelope. But here, the last few lately, she's definitely been the one a little more open to scheming. Uh, and pushing the envelope. Acting out. She she acting out. Yes. Yeah. Kelly finally gives in. Jackie comes and says she gained weight. Her dress is too tight. Jackie says Kelly has to go home and pay the handyman uh, for her. And Kelly's pissed off. She says this wedding just keeps ruining my life. Jackie lays into her. Says I even made your friends the bridesmaid. Uh, but you keep sulking. And Kelly just storms off again. So uh, a lot of trouble here. Kelly just still pissed off. 
She gets home. Uh, we find Jake working in the yard. He's building some kind of pergola or something. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> Kelly's smitten right away. Uh, they're flirting uh, about Jackie's fourth wedding. We find out it's a fourth wedding. Uh, Kelly gives him a check, and Jake says uh, he can get personal with the questions if he wants, uh, if she wants him to. Or uh, she tells Jake he can get personal uh, if he wants to. So a little bit of flirting, but not too heavy-handed yet. We go to the peach pit. Brenda's with Dylan. They're fretting about lying. Dylan says, just say you're going to Baja and take a stand. Brenda rants about Jim's sexist standards. Says that, you know, Brandon gets treated completely differently, even though they're the same age. And Brenda says, basically works herself into a shoot. It says I'm going either way, no matter what. Uh, we go to Casa Walsh. It's 5 a.m. Brenda's packing her bag. Brandon comes in uh, and says, you're running away. And Brenda says, no, I'm going to Kelly's for the weekend. And he's like, it's 5 a.m., kid. I know where you're going. Uh, Brenda says, don't say anything. Brandon says, they're going to lose it. Your plan is dog shit. They're going to find out. Brandon promises to help, but says it will cost her. Dylan picks her up, and they head out, Tim. So any thoughts on this uh, set of scenes before we head to Baja? Um, well, Brandon's hospital scrubs make a reappearance. Yes, yes, they're uh, back. I meant to mention that, too. They're great. Uh, so, yeah, Brandon's going to... Brandon knows he he he's in the know, but he's uh he's gonna I guess help cover for her. I thought it was kind of shitty for Kelly to get roped into this scheme, considering she's she's already kind of gotten shafted, you know, by Brendan. Now not only is she basically getting ditched for the weekend, she's got to cover for what Brenda's actually doing, um, which she didn't exactly sign up for donna kind of signed her up for it so <laughs> i did feel sort of bad for kelly which is maybe by design here um jackie also calls kelly a pill <laughs> in that scene where they <laughs> have her argument such a pill <laughs> you've been such a pill um which i mean not untrue but i just thought that was very funny <laughs> mean-spirited it was sweet spirited. Um, and by the way, uh, the bridal shower being all of Kelly's friends just struck me as such a TV show thing. Like that oh, is yeah. yes. that is something. But I'll give them this though. At least they explained it. It's not like she just had her right, friends all yeah. be the bridesmaids. Like she said basically, I only did it like to try and get you on board. Like because so at least at least there's a re- yeah. a rationale. But you're right, most shows would have just did it without any reasoning. They would have, yeah, true. I also think it's do. not a far leap to to think that Jackie doesn't have a lot of friends that she have wants to involve because yeah, yeah, they're all true. drug addicts, right? She's yeah. probably like <laughs> doesn't want them around. Like we saw one That's of her one. friends like way back, right? And it was a bad influence. So my guess is they're, uh, you know, probably not wanting to have too many friends around. Uh, her, so. yeah. Maybe you could ask Cindy. He but... Yeah. He's... Anyway. Um... So that was all well and good. We uh we get the I don't know some of these exchanges between Kelly and Jake. It starts to feel a little bit like a Shannon Tweed uh, Skinamax film from uh from the mid nineties here with the I, the score is doing some really weird things. It's it's very corny. It's very uh like I can't tell if it's trying to be seductive or erotic or sweet or just that it it's kind of a misfire but um at least those two are bonding it's like you can tell kelly is like trying to maybe 
expand her social group um Mm -hmm. and if if that happens to benefit her romantically then maybe she's open to it as well so i don't know something going on between these two i it is for the best that they are i guess being ambiguous about uh jake's age here because again reality of a 24 year old you know flirting with a 17 year old pretty bad uh but show doesn't go there um although it will come up on melrose place just saying all right any other thoughts once that uh, starts set of stuff here uh no i I think tim covered kind of most of the most of the stuff i was gonna say um the, I I don't know I I th- I thought it was a kind of a strange interaction between uh, mm. between Kelly and Jake I, I don't know just Kelly and her mom's handyman right right the, the handyman yeah I mean... hand me the hand me the level it's that long thing over there okay <laughs> right. you know I don't know oh it's all these older men uh, <laughs> flirting with these teenage girls it's uh. <laughs> yes. I don't know. It definitely is a trend on this show that they don't shy away from. And yeah, I know at the time really... it just wasn't as frowned upon, but it's um Yeah, it's interesting that, that approach that happens very permissive there. about it in yeah. in ways that have aged pretty badly. Pretty I don't know if it's just because like the actresses themselves are of age that they almost get lazy yeah. with it. You know what I mean? Well, yeah. they're not really sixteen or seventeen, right? But that that might be. I mean, it especially when you're in the moment when you're filming, it, it probably doesn't register the same way as it does maybe if you really stop to think about it. But oh, uh, you know what? I did want to bring up um, just kind of in line with uh, Brenda dragging Kelly into it. She's also dragging Brandon into it, mm-hmm. where she's yeah. she's just kind of like she's pulling everyone kind of down with her, um, and really like she's going to get to Baja at all costs or at any cost, you know? Well, now she's just stuck on it. And, and the fact that she screwed it up, it's almost giving her even more incentive to just do it. Right. It almost feels right. like we talked about her, like she self-sabotaged a bit, like maybe she was afraid to go. And now she's like emboldened to go after I got taken mm. from her. Um, so yeah, it's edging into dangerous territory. Uh, we're at breakfast at Casa Walsh. You're wondering why Brenda left so early. Brandon says they were going to a flea market. And Sydney goes along with it and says, okay, yeah, it's probably for a wedding gift. Jim says, maybe they should get them a crib. And he's like, I'm, I'm not kidding. I'm being serious. I could use a crib probably. Uh, Sydney wants to call the girls for ideas, but Brandon says, let them do their thing. Don't call. When Brenda calls the house, ask. And Sydney kind of gives him a look. And that's the first little flag. Uh, she's like, well, how do you know she's going to call? Jim feels bad about his decision. He asked Brandon if he made the wrong call about not letting Brenda go. And Brandon says, no, no, I think she understands. It's okay. Jake is still working on the wedding canopy. Kelly brings him a drink, asks if he wants some help. Uh, Kelly clearly has no tool, uh, no clue what any of these tools are. She tries to pitch in. Uh, she says, you know, Jackie should have kept it low key. She's so pregnant. But Jake says, well, it's her big day. And Kelly is too hung up on how things used to be instead of making plans for how they will be. Very sage, Jake. Kelly says she'll have a new father, brother, and baby at the same time. And Jake says, well, instead of a negative, that, that's a world of possibilities right there. We go down to Baja. Dylan and Brenda pull up. Dylan is glad she stood up to her parents, but Brenda tells the truth. She did not. She lied. 
Dylan is not happy. He's like, oh, this is going to come back on me. <laughs> yes. He, now, because he's now responsible, too, when he's like, yeah. he's been trying to prove himself to the family, you know? Right. Yeah. She really set him up for what's, I mean, I guess that's probably overlooked historically. Like, I, I never thought of it that way either, that when this inevitably, the shit hits the fan, like, she really set him up to fail in all this by mm-hmm. by making him look like the bad guy that that whisked her away when in reality yeah. all he had said was you know tell the truth and just say you're going yeah um and he's so, the one person who's not really enlisted in this lie that she has concocted so right no he's he's just like what the hell? Like <laughs> you put me in a yeah. real bad spot. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brenda calls home. Brandon answers. Says things are okay so far. He gives her the drops a dime about the flea market. Cindy says, oh, "I don't need to talk to her to say hi." Brenda's flying high. She's like, oh, "I didn't know it'd be this easy, right?" So again, Icarus back at it. Uh, she's feeling herself. Uh, gives Brandon the information of where to call if they need her. Later that night, they arrive at the motel. Dylan greets Rosalita Mendez, the owner. Rosalita asks, and, and now. I don't know what this fucking lady's doing. She's like, how's Stacy? You're like, like what are you doing? He's with another girl. Like, Come on. Dylan starts stammering. He's like, it's someone I came down with a long time ago. Uh, last summer when we were broken up. Uh, Rosalita's panicking now because she fucked this up. Brenda starts to melt down completely. She storms out and says, we're not staying. We're heading home. Um, we go to Kelly's house. The phone rings. It's Cindy asking about the flea market. Kelly almost blows it, but pulls things together and says they didn't find anything. Kelly says Brenda ran out to get food, and she'll have Brenda call Cindy as soon as she gets back. We go back to Baja. Dylan says Brenda's spoiling this romantic weekend. Uh, Brenda says the weekend is ruined. Dylan says he wants to take her to a cantina. Brenda is a mess. The phone rings. It's Kelly calling Brenda to pass along the message and some notes about what's going on. Jake is done working for the day. He asked for a soda and says, Kelly, why are you home alone on a Saturday night? They flirt a little bit, and Jake asks her if she has a boyfriend. Kelly says Jackie is at Lamaze and invites Jake to stay for some lasagna, and they flirt some more. Uh, so, Drew, any thoughts here before we get Brenda calling home? Uh, well, nothing more romantic than a, than a lasagna dinner, first of all. Yes, uh, microwave, microwave leftover yeah. lasagna. Yeah, microwave, yes, and a soda. Um, so... Uh, one thing <laughs> I know Dylan, Dylan's a cool guy and he gets around and he goes everywhere and he's been to Baja a lot, but of course he knew Rosalita Mendez. And of course, Ooh. Rosalita remembers him. They have this great relationship and he, you know, everywhere Dylan goes, he knows everybody. Oh, this is Jake. Oh, it's some guy, you know, some guy pulls up on a motorcycle. Yeah, oh, my friend. Oh, it's I don't know. That's kind of silly. I guess when you live alone from uh that age, I guess you just look for friends anywhere. Yeah, that's that's true. Um and Rosalita did seem nice, but she she did kind of she did kind of open her big mouth there, poor poor Ms. Mendez. Yeah, uh that is one of the things that it I, I have found annoying about this series also is just I can get that, like, Dylan is the type of person who's, you know, never met a stranger, remembers everyone's name kind of thing. Although, that wasn't true with Scott, now was it? He, uh, he, he <laughs> notably did not remember the, Scott. The one, the one person memorial. in the world that he <laughs> That was it, that was it. The, oh, that the person who he had his first <laughs> scene in the show with, by the way, which Brenda's like, what? Um, anyway. 
for the most part, we'll say Dylan has never met a stranger, remembers all these people and their names and their faces. I I don't think it's as equally plausible that they would remember him necessarily. Uh, it's just it's one of those it's one of those ways that the show tries to make him seem, I guess, so worldly and wise beyond his years. And I get that that's the character. It just I just think it's a little obnoxious, I guess. But um, anyway, yeah, uh, Rosalita super blows it. Um, what are you doing talking about some chick named Stacy when he is clearly not there with? Right. Stacey it was such a bad, like, I mean, what are we doing? Uh, you know? Yeah. Like, you're with another young lady. I don't think we need to bring up uh, the past. But anyway, so, I mean, we went from uh, Shannon Tweed films earlier in these jake kelly interactions to now kelly's uh saturday night at home flirting up the handyman with microwave lasagna it's it's rapidly turning into a stouffer's commercial i mean we're i feel like we're kind of going in the wrong direction here but i don't know that uh that seems to work because they they're bonding pretty fast so again all of this is just colored through what i know of this this character and melrose place and like well, it almost feels like jake is like not even romantic it, it gets there in a scene but to this point it's almost like a brotherly mm-hmm. advice role for her mm-hmm. like she doesn't have that strong male voice in her life right now and it's yeah. almost like here's an older guy with seems like he's got his head on his shoulders he's kind of been around the block a little bit and he's like there to, to help her through this tough time and that's it almost feels like that's what she needed more, you know, um, mm-hmm. and that's what he—that's the role he fills, at least until this next scene. Uh, all right, so Brenda calls Cindy. She asks uh, Brenda if Mel or Jackie mentioned what they want for gifts. Uh, Cindy asks if the girls have plans, and Brenda says they're just getting takeout, renting a video, and just hangs up, wraps that up. Dylan says she made a lot of elaborate plans for nothing, and it's too late to turn back. Dylan gets Brenda her own room and says, you have to eat. And I don't think you want to go anywhere alone without me in this uh, little town here, which, which I would agree with. Jeez. Uh, Jake says they'll take another week to finish up as they're eating. Jake asks Kelly if she'll be around. They flirt some more. He tells Kelly to have Jackie hire him to add on a nursery so he can stick her out even more. Jake says Kelly talks tough, but when that baby comes, she's going to change her tune and melt. Jake says Kelly wants people to think she's a tough cookie. And she should think uh, about that perception of herself and how she presents herself. The doorbell rings. It's Steve. Kelly tries to get him to leave immediately. Steve says, Jake, and says, we're working a little late, a little late, are we? Uh, <laughs> and immediately, you know, reverts to toddler mode when he's mad at Kelly, starts being a dickhead mm-hmm. to her. Uh, Steve leaves. Jake says he can see that uh, he's still hung up on Kelly. Kelly says she has no second thoughts about Steve. They're just friends and it's definitely over. Jake makes his move. They start to kiss, but Jake says he should go. They kiss again, and then he leaves. Um, I thought the Steve stuff was interesting because, I, like, I don't know, Jake questions if they're still together. And I guess if, if he showed up like that at the middle of the night, you'd assume maybe there's something going on. But, I mean, it really hasn't been a thing between them at all. I guess they've teased a little bit, like, at the dance and here and there that mm-hmm. there's still mm-hmm. some mutual... Well, we know Steve's still into her, obviously, but that Kelly was maybe thinking about it at least, but... Uh, we haven't seen that switch back at all. So it, it felt a little out of nowhere that that part. I mean, mm. we've seen I don't know, but it's always been not really clear if it's 
Steve just kind of joking around, just kind of he's never really, I don't know. It's, it's never really felt like it's uh, been a serious thing. Like, Hey, I, I, I still like this girl. Well, I it's think just... him never really having another girlfriend so far shows that he is like when he says no, it in true. a minute, it's like, you know, okay. Looking back, maybe it's, it is pretty obvious. He's hung up on her because he never has another girl. Like, you know, he's, yeah. he's, you know, talked about it and kind of done a little stuff here and there, but he's never actively seeking like a girlfriend in the show so far. Um, so that makes you think for sure that he's maybe more than likely um, still very into Kelly. Yeah, and that's true. we've seen teases, right? Like we saw the Christmas episode ends with her seeming like maybe she's warming up to him. Mm-hmm. Um, and a couple other times you start to think, okay, maybe, you know, maybe this is going somewhere, but, but she seemingly closes the door on it right here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. Yeah, it's it's kind of nuts to me that we're still doing this Steve Kelly thing. I mean, we're about done with season two here. So, I mean, two straight seasons of this. I mm-hmm. again, I don't remember that being. Um, this has got to be it, I would think. I mean, because Kelly's yeah, greatly probably. involved in something yeah. else yeah. within within four oh, or five yeah. episodes. So, unless we get one more quick tease, maybe, but. And I I think a lot of this is honestly just establishing how just head over heels Steve really is for Kelly and always has been and always will be. I mean, that's going to be even when he's in relationships, I'm thinking even like later into the show, as soon as he's like single again, he's sort of like, Oh, I wonder if Kelly would be up for, you know, he right. always kind of yeah. considers it like he will always be madly in love with her. She, yeah, she I, think, I think that's a that. relatable thing, right? I mean, I don't think it that's is. far yeah, off. She's that person. I think yeah. a lot of people have that person where it's just very one-sided, right? And it's, and he's feeling like he probably took her for granted when, when they were together and they split up and he probably just assumed well at some point we'll get back together i mean after enough time you know we've both been single for a while clearly we're just gonna end up back together and kelly's been like no i mean where we are now as friends that's that's good i'm real good with that and for her to even be friendly towards him he's gonna take as as an invitation so they're just at i think completely different places in terms of what they want from their, whatever their relationship is now. Like Kelly's saying, yes, we can be friends, but that's it. That's as far as it's, it's going to go. Sorry. And Steve just won't hear it. Um, So in a way it's like, you almost wish like the only cure for that is, is probably distance, right. To just yeah, yeah. cut ties completely. But course that's that's not but i feel like she has i feel like she sneakily has led him on a little bit not led him on but like i think she just really cares for him you know so it's hard for her yeah i don't think she means to yeah i don't think she really means to it's just he's gonna he's gonna read into things you know that aren't necessarily intended on her part uh because she is just being friendly and caring towards him but uh yeah it's it's like and I, and I do think this episode is maybe a turning point where, you know, where things go with Kelly and um, Steve even kind of 
is going to get a talking to um, in a in some sense here coming up in the episode. So uh, maybe this is where we we finally are are um, moving on from this. Will they? Won't they? All right. Well, we'll see. We're at the restaurant at Baja. Guantanamera is playing. Uh, Brenda and Dylan are sitting bickering. Dylan says Brenda's wasting this romantic place being upset over some stupid girl. A guitarist comes over and plays a love song, and that finally breaks the ice. They both start cracking up. Uh, Dylan starts singing feelings all dramatically, um, and they, they kind of realize, all right, that's enough. Uh, back to the peach pit. Steve is sulking. He tells Brandon that Kelly had Jake at the house. He always used to be able to go to Kelly's at any time, but tonight she kicked him out. He said he'd even sometimes sneak up to her room uh, or whatever, whenever he needed to see her. Brandon says Kelly will come crying to him when Jake dumps her. And Brandon then tells Steve, basically, you know, you need to move on once and for all. Or you're, this, is, this is a conversation we just had, right? He tells him, like, it's time to move on, buddy, or you're just never going to be happy. And Steve says he's still in love yeah. with her. So yeah. this makes me think we're going to get one last, like, I don't think Steve's just going to drop it. So I'm guessing we're going to get one last declaration of love, uh, an attempt from Steve to Kelly before it ends for good, is my guess. Mm -hmm. um, so we'll see with that. Uh, we go back to Kelly's house. Mel and Jackie come in. Mel says he enjoyed the Lamaze movie, but Jackie or class or whatever it was. Um, but Jackie says she was bored. Kelly's giggling. She's in a better mood. Jackie's all surprised and kind of grills her on what's up. But, you know, obviously Kelly's feeling good after hanging out with Jake. Um, Kelly hugs Jackie and feels the baby kick for the first time. And it looks like she's back in on everything. She's now excited for the baby. Uh, we go back to Baja. Dylan and Brenda are dancing it up. Brenda says it's a night we'll never forget. She wants to keep dancing all night long. And Dylan says, not all night. And they start to make out. We cut to the next morning. They're surfing. Brenda loves the clean, warm water. Ain't no bacteria here. Uh, she's feeling good. Dylan says, you know, she even stood up for a second. Okay, that's great. Uh, they make out again. All is well in Baja. But Dylan says, time to go before you turn into a pumpkin. Or, if you prefer, you could call old Jim and ask us to stay for another week. And Brenda just, uh, says, that's probably not a good idea. So here we go. They hop in Dylan's car. They hit customs. They get pulled over. Dylan says it's just random. They get stopped every 10th car. Uh, the cop, uh, who's a pretty famous character actor, <laughs> this guy. Yeah. What else? I mean, he's he's been in a ton of stuff. I was I couldn't think of anything else he's in. But yeah, I, I got to look. Is this one I'm feeling like, was it Home Alone? Isn't he like the cop in Home Alone? That comes, does he come to the house? I think, mm, uh, the one they send the cops to the house to check on Kevin, or I think that might be him. Um, he's in a lot of stuff though, like it's tons, it's, yeah, it's one of those yeah. guys, so you just yeah. see it, everything. Uh, so and he also compliments Dylan on the car, which is funny. Uh, the cop asks for ID, Brenda says she doesn't have a license, passport, or birth certificate with her, of course. Her license was in her purse when she got robbed, and she's still waiting for a new one. Which I thought was a nice callback uh, that mm -hmm. they had an explanation for it. Mm -hmm. The guard tries all these different options, but you know he's just not bending. It's strict policies as an INS crackdown, and asks Brenda how old she is, and she says, um, "You know, she's 17." And he says, "Okay, cool. You're a minor. Let's just call your parents." Uh, and she says, "Well, my parents don't know I'm here." And the guard says, "Well, unless we have a legal guardian to verify you as a citizen, or they bring down your birth certificate, we got a problem." Dylan says they're going to have to call Jim. Uh, we got no other options. Mm. Absolute shit show uh, mm. we are having here for sure. Uh, I I would say, you know, Tim, we've we've talked about every episode to date. Drew, you've been watching along and you know the show well. 
Is this the best clip cliffhanger we've had? Oh, yes. Yeah, this is it awesome. Was, it was great. I mean, and it's really because it's like these aren't really incredibly high stakes, but the episode has done such a great job of getting you invested in mm -hmm. what's going to happen. Is she going to get away with it? Are they going to get busted? You know, um, how are they? They're going to find out. How are they going to find out? And it's just to have this sort of dramatic, like standoff, Mexican standoff, <laughs> the standoff at the border. And that's where we're, we're, you know, cutting out. It's like, oh man, I, I got to see, I got to see how they, they get out of this one. Right. Or do they? It's, it's so good. It's so good because they, they don't call, they leave it before they make the phone call. They, you know, Brenda has roped all these other people into this whole thing. She's made this really elaborate plan. And you just know that something's going to get messed up. Like you said, Tim, and it's like at the very, very end, right at the border, they were almost home free. Mm -hmm. And I really do like how, the, how nice the, the officer was and like how helpful he was trying to be. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's the American yeah. consulate. He wants to give it a shot. A yeah. Dick, right. Yeah. Let, let me ask you this. Do you think given the technology of the day, um, could they have said, all right, you know what? I forgot my, I mean, this would have been a real quick thinking on their feet. Forgot my license back at our friends that are living here. Uh -huh. Let us go back into the country and come back. You know, we'll, we'll come back. Um, right. to go. Do you think they make note of the car and flag it? They must, right? Uh, I'm just I, trying to get would, any way out of it. I would think. I, I consider that too. Would. Like, well, if you're not going to let us pass, then will you let us just turn around and yeah, we'll, but, we'll figure something out and uh, there's also, I mean, there's also what, there's also multiple lanes and multiple lines to get in though. So they, they could have tried that. Uh, you yeah. know what though? Yeah. I, I don't know though. I'm they guessing may... they must put the plate down and say, you know, yeah. If this play, if this car comes through again, be sure to pull them. You know, that that's what I'm guessing. Yeah, I'm sure. And they, they probably wouldn't have let them turn around anyways. It's kind of right. like, okay, we, we, we something's got up. something's going on here. So. Well, I guess maybe I would say that if they said that before it got further, like if they would have thought quick enough before they admitted yeah. she was a minor yeah. and all that, you know? Yeah. Well, it's tough. Yeah. If she would have been like, oh, if she like look, acted like she was looking for She's her, like, yes. and was like, oh, shit, I left it at the hotel or whatever. That's a good idea. That, that probably would have worked then, wouldn't you think? Maybe. What, what do you do at that point? Like, are they going to be detained and, you know, do they, I don't know how this, like, I, I don't know how this, this whole thing works. I've never crossed the border into Mexico. So. Yeah. I mean, I feel like, again, the technology is not quite there to like, you know, if they don't like have review and track, any, of, you know, but yeah, it's mm -hmm. not like they, they caught them with drugs. Right. So, right. Right. If they, if they don't, if they haven't like, caught them in the act of doing something illegal i, I feel like maybe they would have yeah and he I, the, turn around if i think once they the, had a once the minor experience. well once the minor thing came out it was over like they would have yes. had to do it right, right away you know yeah mm -hmm. that's when it becomes all right what are you doing here yeah no, i i don't remember i don't i think i've only crossed 
into Mexico, I think one time, and that was much later than this. So I, I don't remember what the policies or anything, you know, <laughs> were at the time. Uh, I was, I was too young for that, but yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think if they would have, I, I, yeah, I really don't know though. It, they could, once they've got a car there, they may just not let you go back. Even if you're real mm -hmm. quick and you say, Oh no, I forgot it. Let me go back. All right. So I the actor, know. the actor playing the border guard is Michael Milhon. Um, Obviously, he was a security guard at Murder She Wrote, a police officer in Facts of Life. <laughs> so he's pretty, uh, he's pretty typecast. But he was um, Buck Weaver in Field of Dreams, um, and I, I remember now Field of Dreams. So is that a Buck Weaver? I'm trying to think, was that one of the players or like his? It's not like his brother-in-law, um, but I remembered him from the movie once I saw that he was in it. Mm. Oh, oh, he's third baseman, so he's a played third base um alien nation i'm trying to see if he was in home alone or... no i guess he wasn't in home... well, i don't know why i thought he was in home alone but uh oh, he's in seinfeld he's a security guard in seinfeld that might be what i'm okay, thinking of. Ooh, what, probably... what, a... um, what episode the it's early it... yeah uh yeah see the guy that arrests, uh, <laughs> that arrests george? Jerry? Taking a or leaf george? Or whatever i think he arrests george okay. yeah um Man on Sidewalk, hang on. Is it, I don't know if that... I don't know. I was not pulling up the exact episode. It's in 1991. It's got to be that. I, I'm pretty sure he's a security I, I guy. I, I think he's the guy that George is sitting in that room with and he's trying to convince him mm -hmm. to let him go, whatever. He's Euromycetis. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's the car. The stranded security guard. Okay. Um, I knew he was like in some famous yeah, thing. He's in Saved by the Bell, the new it. class. He's in an episode of Coach. Step by step. I mean, he's just like an uh, hanging with Mr. Cooper, home improvement, <laughs> uh, Drew Carey show, Arliss. Like he goes into the two thousand. Uh, he he made the rounds. He's in the movie Bull War, Third Rock from the Sun, X Files. He did an episode. He's in She's All That, uh, the show Providence for an episode, um, Seventh Heaven. Oh God, jeez. He's in the movie Pearl Harbor. He's an Army commander. He's in that seventy show. Touched by an angel, Malcolm in the middle, <laughs> Reba, Charmed, Eight Simple Rules, uh, Grey's Anatomy does an episode, CSI, two episodes of CSI, Heroes. Um, his last was last year, Tales from the Old West. He's a judge. Wow. Um, so he acted recently as this year, 2023. Man, he's had a dream career. This guy's you, had a run. Don't you wonder how much money does a guy like that make? No, probably enough to. I mean, I mean, I he's mean, like a working actor. You know, that's his yeah. career. Isn't he going to get residuals? Every yeah, that's true for the TV stuff. They replay something that he's in. I, I don't know. I I don't understand that. You know, if it's like, if it's have, you know, he's not quite an extra. Yeah. He's but he's like a a bit player. Does he get just a flat fee? Does he get residual? I don't. I don't know anything. He probably gets I like was, a daily stipend. You know, X amount, right. like a thousand dollars a day or whatever it is. Right. And yeah. then, um, I, I mean, I would assume he's SAG, right? So he's probably got the benefits and right. all that. Get the insurance, yeah. yeah. So as much work I, as he does, he better be a member. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure. I am sure he did commercials or something like during that time right. period. If he's this active, you know, um, maybe he's doing stage stuff. Like who knows? Like he seems like who he's knows? definitely yeah. making the rounds. Yeah. Yeah, um, I was. I was actually sorry to derail. Real, just real quick, no, I was thinking good. about that same exact thing with with James Eckhouse. Because James Eckhouse is still working, mm -hmm. and 
and he it's like his career started in like 1982 or 83 i i looked i looked up his uh filmography on wikipedia uh after watching this episode but but this is the biggest thing he's done but the guy just he just works and just movies tv just everything and i'm i'm so fascinated by like you know does that guy make two hundred thousand dollars a year or something you know what i mean like right well, I mean, just off the night of two and zero, I'm sure he's. I mean, he's he's pretty set from that. Yeah, I sure, think he's probably right? living off of that for sure. Yeah. You know? So, all right. Uh, why don't we get to our awards then? We leave on that cliffhanger for our finale. Um, quite the interesting episode, no doubt. All right. Uh, best scene. I mean, I think it's the last scene. I think it's the border. It's the cliffhanger. Mm-hmm. There's some other good stuff in here, but to me, that's that's the one that really you leave with. It's well done. Uh, Michael Milhone is very good in the role. Uh, like you said, Drew, he like comes off almost as fatherly a little bit. Like he's trying to help them out. He wants to get them back in the country. He's doing all he can. Uh, but you can feel the tension growing and growing as you realize what's about to happen. And they're going to be stuck having a call, uh, Jimbo. And I don't, I don't think it works as well if he's like a jerk border guard. You know what I mean? Right off right, the bat. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, think, I think he plays it so well and it just it really adds a lot to the scene yep same for you tim on that uh, scene yeah and i and i think it's commendable that you can go that long into the episode and have your your yeah. cliffhanger be your your strongest your strongest scene that's pretty impressive all right well i think that's an important scene i did not have it as my most important scene i think my most important scene i went with was when brenda decides at the peach pit that she's going to go against jim because that really starts us down this trail of trouble uh that's going to eventually end our relationship with dylan (laughs) so like um you know this is like really the scene which is nuts to think about because we've had other ones right that's kind of teased it but to me this Mm -hmm. when she makes this decision in the peach pit that she's going to lie to jim about going to Baja with Dylan and eventually you're going to end up painting Dylan as a bad guy and going to, you know, fracture the three of their relationship, Jim, Brenda and Dylan and, you know, lead to Dylan then getting frustrated with everything and, and going, you know, a different path. So mm-hmm. this is where it all begins is that fateful day of the peach pit. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, part of me, part of me wants to say, jake's first appearance but that's not that's not that important to this show right right um, for for the, the melrose place now to an universe it is for the extended uh cinematic universe yes um it, it's a big deal but in terms of just keeping it to this show not not the most important thing in the world so yeah i i would agree it's it's that that decision by brenda to be defiant because it, it is going to change everything in terms of these dynamics going forward. Because Jim, throughout this episode even, has been pretty even-handed. I mean, yes, yeah. he did come down on her and say, nope. But he, he did kind of regret it. Now, he regretted but, it, yes. Yeah, he, 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 he showed some after. remorse and said, hey, was that the right call? Um, and she absolutely deserved that treatment because as we said she blew it she absolutely blew it she had the world in the palm of her hand she pissed it away and yeah that was all her fault really not not jim being unreasonable and i mean i i've brought this up a lot about the tonal shift in the show but i mean that that scene 
I mean, that's kind of, that's one of the most important uh, scenes in the whole show. I mean, it, it, it changes what the show is going forward. Yes. Yeah. It's the change. This is where it, you know, we waited for that shift to the, the soapy show we know, right? Tim, mm-hmm. we've talked about it endlessly. I think it's here. I mean, this yep. is where it's already begun. A lot of season two is more that way than season one was. But, you know, I think for most of us as fans, I know you and I for sure, like three, four, five, right, is like the wheelhouse. This is where it's at its best, in my mind. I know you feel similar. So, like, to me, it starts here. This is, this is, yeah. Well, and this is Brenda becoming perceived as either rightly or wrongly the more oppositional child right where brandon is still going to be like the good son basically and brenda's going to be you know the difficult one Mm kind of from here on out all right uh most 90s look i went with mel's sweater it's like this brown and tan diamond pattern it's like right out of the late 80s 90s (laughs) That's good. I liked uh, Dylan's open uh, Hawaiian shirt with his uh, jeans and Baja. That's a, I, I don't know. I, I kind of think when I think of these episodes, it's kind of an iconic Dylan look for me. Mm-hmm. So, good. Steve, Steve had a, Steve had a pretty good, uh, very bright blue shirt, kind of a billowy blue shirt. Yes. I, uh-huh. I'm picturing it. David, David too. David's always got the, the real billowy, it was kind of one of those like half collar shirts or something. Yeah. Look like two sizes too, too large for him. Yeah. All right. Uh, most nineties moment. I already, we already talked about it quite a bit on my end. <laughs> this national anthem broadcast <laughs> day and mm-hmm. brilliant. Um, getting away with things by playing phone tag. is also a very nineties thing that absolutely would not work today. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, literally, Kelly calls the the hotel or motel in Baja from California to ask for Brenda, who gets on the phone with her and then, you know, calls her mother, like, again, from a foreign country. (laughs) I know, again, it's just Mexico, but it wouldn't work today. Call her ID, cell phone, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nope. Yeah, they would. They just have her her cell phone and just tra- track where she was on the phone. Mm-hmm. Um. So, uh, uh, the another uh, '90s moment. Oh, I, you know what? I just lost. I lost it. I'm sorry. I had it. Sure. And I lost it. Sorry. Well, if you think of it as we go, throw it yeah. out. Mm-hmm. All right. Best lesson learned. Uh, don't don't push it with Jim. <laughs> like you know, yes. you, you got the mulligan. You you, you <laughs> did. Well, you got the chance. You blew it. No mulligan. Eat it and move on. Do the next Baja trip. This isn't like it was a big special trip or anything. Like, let him go. True. You know. Um, no need to push it. You guys have anything different? or? No, I think that's a big no, one. That's, that's a big, yeah. That's a good one. All right. Uh, best hookup. I mean, wasn't a lot going on. Dylan and Brenda had some hot scenes. But I, I went Jake and Kelly. I kind of like their, it almost felt like Got a it. leveled up relationship with the two of them. You know what I mean? Like it wasn't just purely physical like they he helped her really think through some stuff you know mm-hmm. 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 and it's appropriately awkward also 
Uh, all right, best quote. It was another one, obviously, we mentioned earlier. Tell your dad to pack light. Seems like Kelly's mom likes weddings more than marriages. <laughs> it's a killer line. <laughs> Steve. <laughs> uh, I, think, I think that's that's the one. Um, Steve also hits Kelly with a zinger when he shows up at the, uh, the, the Taylor compound. Says, when can you cook? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, just refer, reverting to form, kind of throwing a fit. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dylan, Dylan telling Brenda that um, she she shouldn't go out uh, alone. Uh, that that was I don't know. in Baja. Yeah, in Baja. Yeah. Was... Oh, hey, sorry. The '90s moment. Um, the INS uh, regulations. Um, oh. that, that that was a big topic here in California. Uh, in, oh, yeah. In the '90s. Yeah. Yeah, so I think that was like uh, Governor Pete Wilson, that era, all of that stuff. So, yeah, it was a, a 90s moment. All right, uh, final grade, uh, a really good episode. I, I'm going to put it at like the borderline of great because I think it just has some great stuff in it. Uh, end to end, I think, it, I mean, it, look, my grade's still high, but it's not like, oh, this episode is like, oh, this one, it's a 10, right? Like that was our last episode. Um I ended up going eight out of 10 on this one. I, I think it was close. I think it needed a little bit more to get over that hump, um, but it's an all-time cliffhanger. Um, it really sets the tone for a lot of future stuff. Same with mm. me. Eight out of 10. Yeah. it's it's. I mean, the, the episode is good. There are some kind of weird uh, tonal elements to it that, that make it feel a little disjointed, but the, the end is so strong. And it's so good. And it, it's such an important mm-hmm. big episode that, yeah, eight out of 10. Yeah, that, that seems right to me. It, it's uh, a very focused episode and it's, it's very good at, at what that focus is, which is, you know, this, uh, this Dylan Brenda high school romance, doomed romance, if you will. Uh, so we're getting that drama heating up, but sort of at the expense of, of other things like they're, I mean, all of our characters, our main characters appear in this episode, but nobody really has a lot going on um, outside of, you know, the Mel Jackie wedding stuff with with Kelly um, and a little bit of Steve. That's as much as you get in terms of like a B plot for this. But it's it's really the the Brenda Dillon show. Well, and Big Jim, of course. So yeah, it's uh, eight is a perfectly fitting, fine grade. It's just um, for something higher. I, I think I'd need to see more for uh, the ensemble. All right, uh, let's get to our trackers here for characters. We have the debut of Jake Hansen, Rosalita Mendez, and uh, the Border Patrol guard. Uh, relationships: Jake and Kelly. Places and Things, The Bridal Store, Baja, Mexico, La Boca Grande de Baja, which is the uh, <laughs> the hotel, um, the Mexican border, and the Mexican uh, Baja Cantina, which I don't think we got the name of the cantina. Um, he just kept saying it's a romantic cantina, but um, yeah. it was very lively. <laughs> I'll say that. It looks fun. But lo- I had to go back for La Boca Grande de Baja because I needed, needed to track that for sure. Del Boca Vista. Yeah, that's what I kept thinking of when I heard it. I'm like, You're telling me this. Brenda went down to La Boca de Baja. Del Boca. 
There's no rooms available. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, the music we had, I Love to Love You uh, by Johnny Guitar Watson at the Peach Pit when Steven is reading Mel and Jackie's Invitation. Runaway by Del Shannon at the Peach Pit. And then Feelings, of course, the live cover version. Not listed here is Bontana Mera, uh, later covered by Wyclef Jean, but this is, of course, the original version played by the <laughs> guitarist. All right, character rankings. I've went ahead and, and taken a shot at this. I want you guys to uh, let me know if, if you agree or disagree as we go. So okay. here's our uh, non-appearances. Felice, Marin, Mrs. Teasley, Emily, Scott, Iris, Henry. They're all our zeros. So Napa Suchio is going to pick up a very easy seven points. I think he's our last <laughs> rated guy here. Even though he did have a good line. His reaction when uh, Jake came in was good. <laughs> yeah, we, we were just like one, uh, oh, look what the cat dragged in line. Right. From, like uh, Hitting the, all the tropes so far. <laughs> Old guy seeing an old friend, you know. <laughs> um, then I had Andrea next above Nat. Uh, right. I could be convinced otherwise, but I I, I, I kind of like Andrea just getting bitch slapped by Brenda until it's for, yes. for her uh, idea. I like I liked her getting very excited about the idea mm. and then <laughs> getting instantly <laughs> shut down. It just continues her season of just getting owned by everyone. Um, <laughs> yeah. God. Uh, all right, then I had David. I thought he had a couple good lines as well. Um, and then I went Melvin Jackie next. Because uh, I feel like, again, they didn't do a ton, but they had a couple good scenes in there. Um, Mel had a good couple stabilizing moments. Jackie, you know, was Jackie. So I feel like that was kind of the first cut right there. Like, Jackie, Mel, David, Andre, and Nat. Any yeah. concerns? No, that, I, I think that's right. Okay. You good, Tim? Donna next, I would hope. Uh, I had Steve next, but should we? Would you flip Ooh. him and Donna? I, I, I feel like Donna was kind of the catalyst for like the whole she thing. She was, yeah, she was. But Steve I did just... have the awesome line and the moment at the house. And yeah, yeah. And, 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 and then that's the like heart a to heart character. with Brandon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right. Okay. Yep. Let's flip them. Um, then I had Cindy, but would you flip Cindy and Steve now? I mean, Cindy doesn't do very much in the episode, no, really. She, again, she's just kind of the good cop. Yeah, let's flip him. Let's flip him. She's yeah. good, but I, I do yeah. think Steve is. Uh, Steve was better. Okay, I underrated him. My first. Steve uh, slowly climbing here on us. Look at that. Uh, I love it. All right, uh, then I had Brandon next. Seems fine. Yeah. All right, then I had Jim. Then Jim. I think you gotta. Yeah, I think you got to. Yeah. All right. Um, then I had Kelly, then Dylan, then Brenda. Kelly, yeah, De- yeah I like that order. Brenda yeah. on top. You can't put. You yeah. can't put. I was initially thinking Jim was number three, but you can't put him above Kelly. Right. Kelly's Kelly's more important. No, Kelly. Yeah, Kelly has a big, um, pretty big role in this episode. The whole B plot is her, anyways. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. And she's a big part of the A plot as well. Yes. Um, she's a big part of the Jake introduction, right? For for whatever that's worth. Um, Crazy. And then also, uh, it's an interesting dichotomy, right? Because when you really look at like the way the show started. Kelly was kind of the wild child. Brenda was the innocent one coming in. Um, they've kind of flipped a little bit down the stretch here, right? Whereas Kelly mm-hmm. shows those tendencies where she gets a little self-destructive, like at the frat party that time, where she's just desperate. Um, yeah. But but really, she just wants stability. Like, that's all she's looking for in all of this. Is yeah. She wants a 
quiet Saturday at home with mm-hmm. microwave lasagna and and her mother's eating man. It's the interesting like developing depth in her character that that we well, continue to see over the years. And I think it's like I think it's a normal thing, right? I think it's like people that kind of went a little crazy at a younger age. Now this is dramatic, but I like people kind of went crazy in their 20s tend to, you know, want to be done by their 30s, right? And settle down, yeah. they lived it. I, uh, and then people who didn't really maybe have that kind of chaotic teenage high school college experience tend to, you know, revert back to it right later in life. And it seems like Brenda was, you know, very much not that, right? Growing up mm-hmm. and now she's got the chance to experience it whereas Kelly's kind of been there, done that lived a wild mm-hmm. young teenage life, had a drug addict mom, uh, alcoholic mom, right? So, like, she kind of is like, all right, I'm, I'm over it. I just want, you know, a guy that I can watch a movie with and a stable family and not a bunch of constant moving pieces and bullshit. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I, I Kelly, you know, throughout this episode, was reminding me of a, a friend I had who was kind of similar in having some wild days uh you know during like as he said early 20 early mid 20s and then kind of chilled out and you would think is a totally different person now but i totally get it i mean that shit happens kelly Kelly, gets old kelly kind of grew up really fast too so she's not even in her 20s and what She's right. Just, She's uh, done way more than most people, you know, yes. would even dream of having to deal with. Right. Right. Yeah. All right. Uh, so that'll do it, Tim. Any real quick uh, updates you want to give around where you can find us and reach out to us? Uh, sure. So on social media, we do have a Facebook group called 9021 No So, a Beverly Hills 90210 podcast. So look for that. Join it if uh, you are a Facebook user. Pretty lively community there uh although i've been meaning to check in i've been so under the weather after uh my uh experience in the polluted bay that uh i haven't i haven't popped in like i've wanted to here recently so uh serves as a reminder to me but that is 90210 so at beverly hills 90210 podcast on your facebook we have as well on the instagram uh, Instagram 9021 no so podcast. So if you prefer that venue of interacting with us, certainly you can find us there. Uh, on Twitter, I am at a psych six eight C Y K E six eight. If you want to chat me up on X slash Twitter, uh, and obviously if you're new to the show hearing us for the first time or even if if it's not your first time and you're not subscribed please do subscribe today mm-hmm. if you like what you're hearing share the word a little sure. bit you know other 90210 oh. fans spread it spread it for yeah, sure by all means all right let's go through our rankings so uh i think we went through the the ca- the episode pretty directly i think we're good there so let's get to season two uh, bringing up the rear, Mrs. Teasley with six, Iris McKay at 16, Felice Martin at 30, Scott Scanlon entrenched at 38 forever, Henry Thomas at 47, Mel Silver at 70, Jackie Taylor at 73, Emily Valentine at 94, Napasuccio at 136, 
Cindy Walsh, 262, David Silver, 372, Andrea Zuckerman, 374, Donna Martin, 276, and I meant 274 for Andrea, not three. Uh, 276 for Donna, 287 for Jim, uh, right on the heels of Steve Sanders at 288. Kelly breaks the 300 mark. She's at 305. Dylan's at 349. Brenda's at 372. And Brandon still in first place at 381. I'm guessing he's going to finish season two is in the first slot again. Doesn't have a lot of time here for Brenda would have to really outwork him in the finale. So we'll see. <laughs> um, but that said, let's get to our all-time ranking. Mrs. Teasley with six. Iris at 16. Felice at 30. Henry at 47. Mel at 70. Jackie at 86. Emily is at 94, Scott buried at 102, Nats at 186, Donna at 357, used to be in her own little territory for a long time, Tim, but she's now uh, closing in on David, who's at 398, so she's making out ground quickly in the season. Andrea's at 417, Cindy's at 429, Jim at 245, Uh, Kelly is at 474, I believe, let me just double check that, hang on, I screwed that up, she was at 457. What's 47 plus uh, 23 here? That's, uh, I mean, Jesus, it is, I am done. Uh, 457 plus 17 is what? That's uh, 467, 474, right? Okay, that's what I said. Uh All right, so she's at 474. Steve Sanders at 479. Dylan breaks the 500 mark. He's at 508 now. And Brenda is catching up quickly here in the back end of season two to Brandon. Uh, At one time, it seemed like Brandon had an insurmountable lead. He was more than like 15 to 20 ahead, I think at one point, but right now Brenda is at 6:15, and Brandon is a 622 all time. I think he so, suffered in the back half of this season. Yeah. Been... Well, he piled up his lead in the first half with the Emily stuff. Yeah. yeah and he has, he has, they have shuffled, cooled him big down time. The card. Yeah. yeah. They have cooled him big time uh, off. So we'll see if Brenda can pass him all time next episode. I think this, this could be a chance. We'll see how the finale goes. Uh, that'll but that'll continue on into yeah. season three for sure. Um, whereas I think Brenda will will rack up. We know Kelly and Dylan are going to come up hot in season three as well. So um, a lot to do, but only one more episode of season two remains. The finale in three weeks, Tim. We will be here to wrap season two. Very exciting times. Um, six weeks from today, you'll be listening to season three. It's crazy we've made it this far, buddy. Uh, you know, definitely a reason to celebrate. It's, it's not easy to do this many episodes of a podcast, let alone with this great team. Yeah. like we have. So nice work. Uh, we'll be hitting episode 50 next time. I mean, we may not come out as, as frequently as, as a lot of podcasts people listen to, but you got to give it to us for consistency. Right? Yeah. That, that makes up for. We're here for you every three weeks. Uh, yeah. Like clockwork. And, and just getting through two seasons, I think if you would have said when we started, if we get through two seasons, that's a, a massive win. I think we would have taken it. Uh, but we are yep. showing no signs of slowing down, bud. We'll uh, roll Stayed on. Stayed on schedule. Three. Rock solid. Ready to rock and go for season three. Yep. Well, I'm super excited because like we talked about, I mean, three, four, five is my, that is my era of 9210. So I am very excited to hit these episodes. Oh, yeah. Yep. Drew, thank you so much for being with us. We'll have you back soon, no doubt. One of our favorite guests, for sure. So thank you for joining. Um, Check out everything uh, in North South Connection as well. And, of course, subscribe and share this podcast feed. Have a little dim sum, a little dem sum. Soy